Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Jelson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, baby, yeah, keeping it real. Now, what some women run into conflict with are these men that are out there to do nothing more than scam, lie, and capitalize. Now, let's look at a few things here. Ladies, you might be wondering... Well, what does a man want doing something like that? Being that I had friends, unfortunately, back in the past that did things like that, the main thing is sex. The second thing is money. Because the way they would look at it is, I get to her softer side. Once I get there, then I can manipulate her out of what she has. Oh, I knew plenty of guys that did that. And I thought it was so unfair unethical, atrocious. Many of those guys actually wound up later on in life, like I'm 61, some of them in their 50s and 60s, they wound up totally on their asses with nothing. And when I say this, they had depended on women so many years that some of them didn't work long enough to even get social security. Some of them wound up going to jail and they just didn't make it. And many of them that wound up having women take care of. Because that's what happened. And it's sad and it's atrocious. You see, a lot of times these guys feel as though they can do this because they become impressed by one other person that did it. And then the next guy thinks he can do it. Then the next guy, then the next guy, then the next guy. It's just like women doing the same thing with men. Child, I ain't get no job. The only thing I'm gonna do is marry this dude, kick out a couple of babies. He divorced me, it's gonna cost him a lot of money. So this is the reason why a lot of the women are bypassing the sixty and seventy thousand dollar a year guy trying to go for the high value man. So many of them can have a payday. Fellas, if a woman ever calls you a high-value man and you make over $100,000 a year, you have somebody that's on your neck like a tick that will use you. Because a woman who's already come into her own, she doesn't need to say that she's looking for a high-value man. Because those are the kind of men that will be attracted to her. That's what you have to realize. And she could place herself in functions and different things like that. And guys know. They could spot him a mile away. So the main thing to keep in mind, if you're a man with 100K plus per year coming in, please let them know, uh, I'm not going to be spending 100K per year. Because at 100K, you'll probably take it home, maybe about 70 if you're lucky. But for some women, especially if they didn't go to school and they're looking to hit the jackpot and the lottery with the man, that's a lot of money to them. Oh, and they're going to guard it tooth and nail. And this is where men run into a problem when it comes down to being with someone of integrity. Someone's accountable. It's very difficult. Now, as I told you before, you have to determine the level of insecurity you'll be able to deal with with a partner. The level of distrust. If that person has trust issues, you have a major problem if you get into a relationship with them. You have to qualify everything you do with that person. And then it's going to become very annoying 
Then after a while, you're going to say, fuck it. Because you'll get to that point where it's like, I can't help if you got burned by somebody in the past. I can't help if the boogeyman, whatever the fuck it was, scared the shit out of you or broke your heart. I'm not him. Fellas, do not waste your time trying to convince her otherwise. Move on. Because that 10% of people that don't do the right thing, got got, they got the 90% of her. You don't need that. Just to save you some time, you go on an experiment if you want to. I've been down that road several times. And I can tell you, every time, it was the same result. Their fears outweighed their confidence. And what that tells you is that fear controls them. I know people right now living in certain neighborhoods in the country where they wouldn't buy an automobile even though they could afford a nice automobile because they're afraid that it's going to be stolen. Say it. Afraid to buy nice things for themselves because other people don't have those things and they're afraid that they're going to get broken into and get robbed. And many of them can't move because if they moved, they may not have enough resources in order to buy another house, especially these interest rates. So they become a prisoner in their own community. It's pathetic. Oh, and by the way, these are not all black people either. And these are not all urban areas. Just the way it goes. So you have some people in our society that think as though you may have a talent or skill set that they don't have. You may have resources that they don't have. And they feel as though you don't deserve those things. Why? Because they don't have them. Why? Because they didn't put forth the effort to get them. You can go and be manipulated and controlled by your environment if you'd like. You're supposed to control your environment, not let it control you. I know it's easier said than done for some of you. But if you really want to get the hell out of a situation or a place, oh, you do your due diligence and your research to do it. You wouldn't just sit there and just waste away. Why do you think people who get out of situations and become successful do so and never look back and the reason why they don't is because of one reason I had to struggle to get out what exempts you it's like everybody has to make their own way now when it comes down to relationships, you will run across people that have that same mindset. The world owes them something. Doesn't matter what race they are. And a lot of people try to associate race with everything in America. You know, you look at our politics. That's what we're doing now, race and religion. It's not the case. It's pathetic when a person can go and run for public office and think that they can just give some tennis shoes to a group of people And all of a sudden, they're just going to co-sign everything this person says. Or they try to associate themselves with victimhood to identify. Instead of sitting down, actually talking to the people and finding out some of the things that are going on. And this is the same problem we have when it comes to dating. People are passed up because of stereotypes. And in many cases, the worst stereotype is in demand. There was a gentleman that wrote me recently. I'm not going to read his email because it was very offensive. White guy. Kind of black woman he wanted, he said. Very dark. With a hair weave. Big butt. Big breasts. That spoke fucked up English. That's the kind of girl he wanted. He said the reason why they don't ask for much He could keep her in her place and he could do what he wants with her. And unfortunately, he's going to find the stereotype of a woman. 
You see, folks, a lot of people can't get past the marketing concept of what they desire based on what is put in front of them. And so they live their lives by stereotypes. We were sold the beauty of the platinum blonde with blue eyes. I've dated a lot of platinum blonde women with blue eyes, green eyes, hazel eyes, gray eyes. I didn't find them more beautiful than any other woman. Because the reason being, I didn't drink the Kool-Aid of the marketing people on Wall Street, Fifth Avenue, Park Avenue, and these advertising agencies that said, oh, you know, this is beauty. Who is it? It's the beauty that you would like to have that you're not married to. That's your fantasy, sir, from the 1940s and 50s and 60s. Your wife is brunette. Your wife is 5'6". Your wife weighs over 180 pounds. This nice, slender, blonde. You can go down the list. The Linda Evans type. Lonnie Anderson. You can keep going down the list of these women. They were the fantasy of men that couldn't get those kind of women. And what did, did it do? It put pressure on other women to try to be like them. And you look at our modern day, even a lot of black women are trying to get away from being dark skinned. Or they want to lighten their hair, they want to lighten their skin color. They want to put contacts in. No shade on Beyonce, because Beyonce is the way she is. There are a lot of black women that want to be like Beyonce because it's that skin tone, that essence that a lot of women strive for, which means that social acceptability. Not too dark for this, dark enough to be representative, but not offensive. You know, I worked in television years ago and radio. And I'll never forget, on television, they used to tell some of the darker skinned women, oh, don't wear red, because the reflection bounces off your skin and it washes out your face. And they would say this flippantly, as if to say, oh, you're gonna accept what I just told you, or else. But see, we don't think about those things because a lot of people are still stuck with stereotypes from way back when, even now in our modern day, because guess what? They don't quit manufacturing stereotypes for people that have believed them over the years. And I'm talking about not only conservatives, but liberals. You think about Hollywood now. Almost every black man that goes on the screen has to be gay or feminine in some kind of way. To be what? Less aggressive, less threatening, and more likable. Because this is something that's come from the old South to our modern day. So if you're that black man that happens to be that a feminine man that used to be in the big house with the master, but a master would always threaten to send your ass out to the field with your little feminine ass. There was a problem. So you stayed loyal to the master and loyal to everything he said because the last thing you want to do is be out there. And you have a lot of people in the industry that have to live by that code. That's the way it is. We'll talk more in just a moment. Okay, Raymond writes the following. 
I went out with a woman recently, and I noticed an odor that was very displeasurable. Not in the front, but from the back. We went on our date, and I sniffed the car seat after she got out when I dropped her off. And it smelled like butt. At first, I didn't know whether to talk to her about it or not. I got some air freshener from the convenience store, sprayed the car, drove home. She wanted to meet me at her place. She said that she was cooking dinner. I went, and again, I could smell that odor. I didn't mention anything about it. She was in a robe, and I didn't realize that she had nothing on underneath. We were supposed to have dinner, and I guess she had planned for us to have sex. After dinner, she laid down on the sofa and opened her legs. And this is where I saw the source of that smell. Poo butt. And I asked her about that. And she got offended, saying that the only thing that I was supposed to do was to deal with her vagina. And she called me gay and told me something was wrong with me for looking at her anus. I got up and left. She left a bombardment of voicemails on my phone talking about how deplorable I was, how perverted I was. Was I wrong? Please, am I losing my mind about it? I asked my sister about this, and she said this woman was just gross. I'll admit, she was below my standards. On the surface, I thought she was a very nice woman. I guess when a woman wears a lot of perfume, sometimes she's hiding things, wouldn't you say? Yes, sir, I would. Um, Pooba is a real thing, folks. Because I get email messages from women who are, let me get it right, assesthetists. I guess that's what it is. The people that basically do the Brazilian waxes and so forth. And they tell me all the time, could you please tell these women to wipe their asses? Could you please tell these women to go take a bath before they come visit? Now, of course, they want me to promote their business, which I don't do on this show. But, yeah, it is a problem. I've run across that a few times myself in the past. Some women just don't believe in wiping. There's some men that don't believe in that. And, and I'm not saying that to be politically correct. And I had some friends over one time. A friend of mine was sitting in the leather recliner. And when he left, that whole chair smelled like ass. Of course, he never got invited over again. Probably didn't know why. I won't tell no grown-ass man how to wipe his ass. Sorry, that ain't gonna happen. He should know better. Here's the thing. Whatever you encounter with a person, that's their state of normalcy. That's their default mode. That's when they're comfortable. And sometimes it's gonna be unacceptable and you have to call it as it is. You don't have to accept it. But you have to leave it as that person's norm. You don't have to vilify them. Sir, you were vilified because of the fact that you didn't accept her norm. I wouldn't take that as any kind of a detriment or any kind of a reprimand because she didn't fall within your standards. But there's some guy, trust me, that's not going to mind that and he's going to be with her. Watch what I tell you. That's just the way it goes.
You see, the one thing that you have to contend with when it comes to dating, what will you accept and what you won't. Now, the barometer that you have for your preferences, it has to be balanced, because if it's not, your standards are too high, guess what? You don't get any dates. Everybody fails, right? If it's too low, everybody has access. So you want to balance, which means you have to filter. And the way you filter, one way that will help, are the four categories of questions I always tell you. Who are you? What's your purpose and your drive? What are your strengths and weaknesses? What are your intentions? Same questions they ask you for a job interview. A lot of people don't know who they are, don't know where they're going, don't know what kind of relationship they want. And they got a big ass question mark over their head. Well, if you're looking for a long-term relationship, you can't take someone like that seriously. Because they're here one minute and they're the next. So you have to pull back. Because you'll probably waste your efforts. Because that individual doesn't know what they want. And you're putting everything forward for this person. And all of a sudden they say, oh, you know what? Mm. I changed my mind. I'm going with this person. I'm going. And it's like, there you are. Ladies, this has happened to you a lot. Where you get that one guy that you really like. And you're going this, that, and the third for him. And a woman that hadn't even lifted a finger to help this bastard in any kind of way. Gets him. Hadn't done anything that you've done. You've gone out of your way. Made sacrifices. And he marginalizes all of it. Ladies, he was never into you in the first place. This is a reality you have to accept. Your credit card of beauty and being a female, oh, it has its limits. It has limitations. Not everyone is going to accept you as being a beautiful woman. Not everyone's going to accept you as being girlfriend material. Not everyone's going to accept you as fiance or wife material. As men, we already understand that based on our rate of rejection by you. That's the reason why a lot of guys, when you say, well, I don't think we were compatible with a good friend. They said, okay, fine. And leave it at that. Guys move on. The reason being, they don't have enough time to waste trying to convince you otherwise. They leave you with your conviction of calling this guy a friend. Now, don't get pissed off later on. Things don't work out for you, and then you come back to the same guy, thinking that things have changed. And he still has that disposition. No, you called me a friend. Let's... I didn't go against it. It's just like a judgment in court. You just accept that. The guy who appeals, He's the guy that can't stand rejection. He's the guy that's going to try to fight for you when you're not fighting for him. He doesn't quite understand the gravity of that. He seems to be more desperate than you are interested. And ladies, you know already how difficult it is to get rid of a guy like that. Restraining orders. Having to have a male roommate. Relocating, changing your phone number. You don't want to go down that road. But see where a lot of you ladies make a mistake with guys? You don't know how to end relationships. You try to end them softly. Some guys, you just have to end it. This is the reason why ghosting is so popular. I don't recommend ghosting, but People do those for that reason. They don't want the confrontation. They don't want the back and forth. Ladies, the sooner you end something that's not of interest to you, the better it is. And some of you say, well, you know, we exchanged phone numbers already, blah, 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 blah. Mm -mm. 
Don't let that be a motivation to keep you going forward. If you guys are not compatible, you're not compatible. You can still be civil. You can still be friends. You don't have to be lovers. But see, there's some people that are in extremes in that they can't measure themselves beyond a relationship. It's either I'm in a relationship with this person or this person has nothing else of value that I need from them. And usually these are the people that are constantly rifling through several relationships in a lifetime. And when I say relationships, I'm talking about something that's going to take about five, six, seven years, chunks of their lives. As I told you fellas, if you're dealing with a woman that's been engaged like multiple times, and she's got a collection of engagement rings, don't be the fool. There's a reason why that guy, those guys in the past, did not wife her up. There's something you're gonna find out just before then. It's gonna have you make the same decision they made. And usually it's an X factor, it's a holdout. It's something that she hasn't revealed. And she doesn't do it until later on. Michael, and he's out of Ocala, Florida. I've been going out with this lady that I met on Hinge for about two weeks. Well, yesterday, I drove her home after our date said she had something to tell me. She asked me how did I feel about the LGBTQ community. thought that was an odd question because we never spoke about anything like that. She told me that she had something to tell me later on. She gave me a kiss and went back into her apartment. I'm kind of curious as to what this could be. What are your thoughts? I'm 22, still learning the ropes. Sir, more than likely you're dealing with a woman who's probably gonna tell you she's trans. The reason why she didn't tell you in the car, she didn't want you to be in proximity of any kind of reaction. She'll probably text you or something like that or tell you remotely. But here's the thing that you have to look at. This person deceived you from the rip from the beginning. If this is the case, we don't know what the case is. It could be that she's a lesbian. It could be some other thing. You don't know. But this is just what it seems to me. Now, here's the thing you have to realize. You're not the first guy that made mistakes you wanted a biological woman. I've had friends that have made mistakes and got duped by trans women. Now I'll tell you this, a person that would go to that level where they're gonna go and have you take them out, spend your money on them, and then turn around and say, oh, it's about time for me to tell the truth. Whether they're transgender, same gender, or any other gender, that's still deception. That's a big one that you can't let pass. If that person's going to deceive you on that level, in the beginning of a relationship, what the hell do you think is going to happen when times get really tight? Or you get in a relationship with this person. They look at it from the standpoint, okay, I can deceive, omit, and lie to this person now. Hell, being that you tolerated on your end, this person uses your tolerance as acceptance. Now, Here's the reason why that person's doing this. So that if you were to go on and say yes, you're gonna get invited over. If you say no, then all of a sudden you're gonna be a homophobe and everything else. Trust me, more than likely will happen. You see, and this is what I don't understand with people. And people have tried to put me into situations where they say, oh, since you're uh, visually impaired, you need to be going on disabled sites. 
Haven't you seen some of the disabled dating sites, folks? Maybe you should peruse some of the apps. The reason being, many of those people have family members that wouldn't even let you say hello to them. Half the time, family members are the one placing the ads on the profiles. And you have to go through that whole gauntlet. Unnecessary. So in that sense, people are saying basically, oh, well, you know, you have to be normal and healthy to go on a regular dating site. <laughs> They're talking about, again, aesthetics. They never mention anything about the mental picture of a person, do they? We'll talk more in just a moment. If that was the case, they would need to have a dating site for bipolar people. They would need a dating site for people who had past sexual trauma. There would be a dating site for people who had emotional trauma. There'd be a dating site for people who had been sexually abused. What is it in? Now, boutique sites work well when you have a certain common interest. But here's the thing. It would kind of defeat the purpose if you didn't have a broader variety of people to choose from, wouldn't it? Because in many of these um, boutique sites, you're kind of limited. Because you got to remember, you have fewer people there. And the focus is the interest, whatever it is. So if you're a car enthusiast and you go on a dating site that's geared towards uh, automobiles, you know, they may have certain camps like Ford, Chevy, BMW, Mercedes, that kind of thing. And the people will be owners of the vehicles. And then you have to go within that group to see which one is um, acceptable if you can find a partner in that. See, a lot of people don't like really doing all that. They want to meet someone just like they would meet them casually and think that they could just pick up from that point to go forward. Well, it's all well and good until you get a few weeks into the relationship and you realize some of the differences. If the differences outweigh the congruencies, you got a problem going forward. What are some of the things that you run into most often? People that do not like to compromise, especially if they've been in bad relationships and they've compromised with their ex, but they refuse to do it in the future. And they think that's a good idea. What they're gonna wind up with more than likely is a person that's gonna be like them. And then what happens in these types of relationships? You see it in marriages all the time. I have a friend of mine right now, he and his wife, they have a whole separate life inside the same house. And Gary, if you're listening, Barbara, you gave me permission to talk about this. That's the reason why I'm mentioning. And what that means is that they split the house in half, literally. They had a construction crew to come in and petition it. Two separate living rooms in the same house. Two separate master bedrooms in the same house. And this happened over years. They've been married now, they 30 some odd years. Television, the whole nine yards. They still wanted to be together. They still kind of love each other. But they have a problem living together. One lifestyle in place with the other. But they're not divorcing. And this is what you have sometimes, because as they became older, they became more set in their ways, even though they were married, and they were not going to budge. And it's kind of awkward when I go to visit them. I haven't seen them in about three years. When I go to visit them, I have to go through one door 
to visit him, and the other door to visit his wife. And they have a door that's in between the petition. It's the weirdest setup ever. But this is what they use to make it work. And these people have spent thousands upon thousands of dollars in counseling over the years. I remember when they first got married, they really didn't like each other in the first place. But they liked each other enough in order to marry. Their kids, of course, they, it's a stupid arrangement. But they're grown and really they've been trying to get mom and dad to see, see things on the same page, but they never materialized. But you have people that are going to be set in their ways no matter what. And the older you get, folks, the more that disease spreads. And it, I call it a disease because of the fact that you become very centric about it. And you got to make sure that it can feed and eat. Oh, no. Well, we, we can never we can never do this because I, I am not compromising on this. There's no way I'm going to allow a smoker in my life. There's no way I'm going to allow this or that in my life. Okay. Then you find someone else. They may not be a smoker, but they have other issues, and you're not compromising on those issues. And then you meet someone else, and the issues that you didn't compromise on with the other person are already resolved. But there's another incompatibility you guys may have. What I'm getting at is you could leapfrog through your life looking for perfection. You won't find it. And then that's not to say that you may be the right person for them. Because a lot of people go into relationships with the centric thinking. Everything has to make sense to me. And this is one of the problems you guys especially face with women who have been by themselves too long. The cat lady in the trailer park. That kind of woman. Where the world revolves around her. You have to look at what you're getting. See, the last thing I would want is a woman that's cordoned off from the world. Someone that doesn't listen to current affairs on the news. And not where she's believing it like she's indoctrinating it, but where she has an idea of what's going on. As I told you, the one lady that Never watched news. She only watched videos, movies, and stuff. And the tornado warning went out in their community. Had she been watching television or listening to the radio, she would have heard that an E5, was it E5? I think it was E5, F5, whatever it is, the highest version of the tornado was coming their way down her street. Well, she heard the house rumbling and stuff, but it was too late. And eventually she had to wind up getting a lot of extensive surgery. It's always good to be aware of things. You don't have to be horrified. You don't have to be bored. You don't have to saturate yourself with it. But to have some kind of knowledge. Men look for that. They don't tell you this shit. The guy that wants a, a woman that's dumb, that's cute, and that's sexy, that's the way he wants to keep you. Because he knows you're not going anywhere. Because it's easier to manipulate you. Because you're more sensitive about your aesthetics. As I told you before, the more sensitive you are about things, the easier you are to be manipulated by them. You know, in the South, people would try to use race as a way to trigger you. When I moved to California, people tried using it as well. It didn't work as well. Reason being, I was toughened up in Mississippi, so it didn't bother me. And see, that's the thing. You're not going to manipulate me and get a reaction out of me just because of that. Some of the emails I get in here are horrific. From certain people. Doesn't bother me one bit. Because it took their effort to really write the email and send it to me. 
and they're hoping that their sentiments get across. When I delete that email, <laughs> that's the end of your thought. And guess what? You're not entitled to have any association with my feelings. I don't know you. That's the way that works. <laughs> you got to put in some work before you get to feelings with anyone. And you're a fool if you give someone carte blanche on your feelings. You take that away from them, what power do they have? None. Absolutely zero. I had a friend of mine, she called me up one night. She said, my husband called me fat. Do you think I'm fat? And I was like, mm-mm. I said, but I know one thing, you better get off this phone because if he sees that you called me, it's gonna add more fuel to the fire. A couple of days later, he called me up. He said, man, what did y'all talk about? You called her fat. Well, she is fat. I said, okay, that may be true, but did you have to say it? He said, oh, I kid with her all the time, so you can't do that shit. Because she's taking that seriously. She's taking that to heart. Anytime your woman has to call someone else because of something that you said or did, you got a problem in your relationship. He'd lighten up off the fat jokes. Fortunately, I knew both of them for years. Now, had that been a total situation where I didn't know him, oh yeah, he'd have probably threatened to beat me up or whatever. God knows what would have happened to her. But she's got brothers, so she ain't worried about it. But here's the thing, when it comes down to you having frustration with your partner, you guys should just schedule a time and say, hey, you know what? We're both upset right now. On Friday, we're gonna sit down after we get home from work and we're gonna talk about this civil. We're going to take out two sheets of paper, two pens, and write down what we think the problem is between us. We're going to exchange the papers. We're going to write our response. We're going to swap the papers again. And then we're going to write our proposal or solution. The first thing is to see whether or not you're upset about the same thing. A lot of times, it's not the case. bringing up old shit that you guys have resolved past tense is not an answer. Look at it this way. Everything you have resolved as a couple, leave that out of any kind of dispute that you may have going forward. It's only going to make it worse because see, you got to get past that time when you're trying to hurt each other emotionally. And as I tell you ladies, when it comes down to a man cheating, because a lot of you have written in about this, you consistently write in about it. If that man hasn't told you that relationship is over with, I'm talking about doing you and him, you always have the upper hand. No matter how bad it hurts. Nine times out of 10, his self-esteem was so low that that girl he couldn't get in high school or college or the woman that he wanted to get with, not necessarily a specific woman, but the type of woman. That's what he's going for. He's trying to lift his self-esteem up. And what does that tell you as his woman or his wife? You see, you married a man who has no self-esteem. That's a whole different issue. I know you're looking at the sting of the cheating and everything, but you have to look at the larger picture. 
your why. That's what it comes down to. The girl he wishes he did have had. And he realizes he can't keep that woman for the most part. There's some that can, but most can't. Because she's gonna be demanding more of him, time, resources. And of course, men go with this lie about one leaving her. 12% of men leave their wives. 12%, that's it. And that's on the high end. And only 8% of women leave their husbands. When it comes down to infidelity, the numbers are very low. And the reason why is because they have more to lose than a single person has to gain. So you have to look at it logically. Now, what happens after infidelity? This is where you're supposed to create some requirements. Now, let me tell you, both men and women, once you cheat on your partner, the relationship changes immensely. Trust is pretty much at its lowest level, if at all. Integrity is ruined for the party that cheated. It leverages them in a place where they can't make any demands in the relationship. They're going to be playing catch up for the rest of the relationship. And the fact of the matter is, you don't know how you're going to be treated if you're the cheater afterwards. Your partner can bring that up at any point in the relationship. Be back to square one once again. You know, people think that when you forgive, you forget. Oh, why are you bringing that up? They forgave you. And that forgiving is not divorcing you and not leaving you. But they haven't forgotten because they're going to remind you. You know, it's like when pastors say something like, oh, they can do whatever they want to and then go and repent. So you can premeditate a sin. I say, I just ask for forgiveness for it. This is the reason why people have issues with religion. So you can fuck up as long as you want to and then come back and pray one Sunday and everything's forgiven. And then you say, oh yeah, well, I'm going to the party next Saturday night. I'm going to fuck up again and do the same thing. I think it was somewhere in the Bible, you're supposed to be forgiven like 77 times or something like that. I'm not quite sure. Your Bible scholars can check that out. I think it was 77 times. After that, you were kind of written out. We'll talk more in a moment. One of the things that you will run into regularly is someone judging you based on your past. Oh, this is a tough one. And here's the thing, folks. A lot of people don't like giving up the X factor. And those who don't know the X factor is those things that you have in your past or have in your present life that may be something that your partner should be aware of, but you don't think that it's important or you may think that it's not the right time or you're trying to still buy time to see whether or not this is the right person to share that with. It could be that you had an abortion. It could be that you had a child out of wedlock. It could be you gave up a child for adoption. It could be that you are paying child support. It could be that you're paying for a lawsuit. It could be that you had to file bankruptcy. It's something that would immediately impact the relationship if this person knew. And your judgment or decision to be with you could be a restraining order that you have against an ex that's still out there, crazy as hell, trying to get to you. 
Now, a lot of people ask me, when should be the right time? It depends on the magnitude and gravity of what you have to reveal. If it's something that's going to be of immediate danger or interest in that person, you need to reveal it as soon as possible. You know, like uh, the situation in Atlanta when the guy was at the sidewalk restaurant with this date. This other guy walks up to him, uppercuts him right out of the chair. The guy's date is startled, wondering what the hell's going on. Well, the previous night, this guy had gone on a date with this man's wife, who did not tell him that she was married. And the wife eventually told him who the guy was, where he lived, and he followed him to the date. Followed him to pick up the girl, followed him to the restaurant. This is the reason why I tell you, if you're with someone who's married and they didn't reveal to you that they were married and you get caught up in an altercation or a situation, make sure you tell that person, their spouse, hey, this person didn't tell me that they were married. You don't want to lift a finger. You want to get your ass out of that situation and let them handle it. Fuck everything that person told you. Women are very convincing fellows when it comes down to, oh, well, he wouldn't do anything like that. Uh, he wouldn't. He's not violent or whatever. Naturally, he's not going to be violent to her, but he'll kick your ass. So don't put yourself in that predicament. Because she's only looking at it at her perspective. Now, one thing to keep in mind about cheating in general. It's a selfish act. Which means that that person that constantly cheating, they do better by themselves than they would with a partner. They really would. The only reason why they have a partner is for stability. For those times that they can't be with someone. Or if they consider themselves stuck. in a financial rut. You know, there was a question that um, we had a questionnaire for some of our clients that worked at this financial company. And one of the questions, it was more of a trivia type thing. We were trying to get surveys. And we had one of the questions was, if you won $100 million in the lottery, would you divorce your partner or leave your current partner. Don't you know that 67% of people said yes, they would? And the other 33%, you would. I thought that was kind of interesting. You run across people that are with you for what you do, what you provide. And as I told you before, there will be people that will say, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And fellas, what that means is no matter how hard you try to give them gifts or whatever, they will never get to a point of love. You could be the high value man making all kind of money. She'll take the thug off the street. It has nothing. Because, see, she feels as though she can lord over him. I have more wealth than he does. I can control him. He will never tell me no. And here's the thing, fellas. If you're that wealthy man, or that wealthier man than your woman, and she's constantly telling you something like this and demanding that you buy her shit, He's making out a working Joe. A working Joe, of course, is a guy that always has to go to the knee to his woman because she always wants material things from him. And she's going to cut back on the intimacy, too. That's going to be the reward. 
Don't put yourself in that situation. You're not that stupid, hopefully. Because once you get to that point, all of that money you had to pay to be with your woman intimately, she falls in love with a guy. He doesn't have to do shit. Right? He gets her for free. Seen that happen a lot. So what does this mean? Many of the things I've spoken about today. There are a lot of people that are frightened, especially people that are getting divorcees, widows, those that have come out of bad relationships. The reason why they don't want to go into another one is because of some of the things that I talk about. But you can't let these things scare you. If anything, you just become aware of them to avoid potential problems. So you go and you say, oh, you know, I'm not listening to anything he says. Fuck that. And you go out and then you realize, because many of you have written in about this, some of the things that I've addressed, you've had to contend with. Even though you say fuck it. You're not going to find a flawless person. That's what I'm getting at. Because for years, I had trekked through thinking that I had to find the ultimate woman. You know, like BMW is the ultimate driving machine. I thought I had to find the ultimate woman. Hmm. And I had to realize we all have flaws. The safe haven for me was to date older women. did well to be with someone who had a little bit more experience where I could learn from that individual. That's the thing. But out of all these 30 plus years I've been out there on the dating scene, I know what to look for in a person. And having a few long-term relationships in a marriage, I have a great idea. As I told you before, Monica was the first person that showed me how to be valued by someone. Because the way it's been in the past, you've always valued the other person and you never had any reciprocity. Or the reciprocity that you did get was marginal by comparison. I tell you fellas, the best relationship you could possibly have is when she can pay her own bills and you can pay yours and money is not an issue. The issue just becomes between you and that other person getting along. But as long as money is going to be an issue, as long as there's going to be other obvious problems, alcoholism, drug use, that kind of thing, you're a hamster on the wheel. I hate to put it in that context, but that's what it is. Great advice to follow. I've been listening to your show now for three years. My husband does not like your show. He thinks that you overthink things and you're too analytical. The reason why he doesn't like your show, I think, is because of the fact that now I'm starting to look at things differently and objectively. I've allowed myself to be asleep all these years. Pass things off that most women would put up a red flag about. Listening to your show has given me the courage to go back to school and to better myself. Something that had I not listened to you, I wouldn't have done. I have finished with making almost twice as much as my husband when I graduate from school. And I'm sure he's trying to blame you for my success. This has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. Thank you for opening my eyes because the last thing I wanted to be was a 60 some odd year old woman depending on his social security. 
34. And I appreciate you. I thank you, Greta, for that. I didn't do a thing. I just point things out. When it comes down to dealing with relationships. See, these are things that people will let sit dormant and not think about. I'm not here to break anybody up. If anything, I'm here to make sure that you guys can work better together. I'm not one of these people that, you know, oh, you got a divorce and you got to leave and you got to do this. You have to look at certain things, though. If you try counseling and everything you possibly could in order to see if you can make it work with your partner and it's not working and things are just getting worse, you have to think about your children. You have to think about and what's the best for them. And then think about yourself. But you also can't neglect yourself because after all, your kids are going to be dependent on you. So you got to be in a stable frame of mind and stable situation in order to support them. And sometimes people neglect that. There have been people that have written angry emails about, oh, you know, my girlfriend left me because of you. No. I never saw your girlfriend, never met her. She listened to the show. She probably wised up on your bullshit. A couple of ladies have written in about how their man left her. Thanks a lot. That kind of shit. Thanks a lot for what? I didn't do anything. Because here's the thing, I don't have a call to action here for you to do anything. I just point some things out. And if it's relatable, some people go and they say, well, you know what? Let me reevaluate my relationship. Hell, I had to do that. I had one situation lady I knew and this is really crazy she was a prostitute and I knew her before she became one and when I say prostitute I'm not talking about one of these people on the street she was a call girl me buku bucks and she told me a long time ago she said you're going to have a lot of difficulty finding that woman for you in your life I said why so she said, because you're one of these guys that's not flashy. You're one of these guys that just tells a woman the way it is. Most women don't want to hear that. I said, well, that's the way it is with me. But what she thought was, I would never run into a potential partner. And of course I did along the way. And then eventually she got out of that business and found her husband, settled down. And I told her, I said, you wound up marrying a Delta. She said, yeah. She said, because I got tired of fucking and fucking with the alphas. She said, I had to look at my life for a future. There was nothing out there for me with chasing those guys. I told her. As long as you use your body in order to attract men, ladies, the majority of the time, the only thing you're going to get is dinner and a dick <laughs> because many of those guys don't see you as white material when a guy is serious he's looking for somebody he can trust he's looking for someone he could be vulnerable with he's looking for someone that he can tell the truth to and they won't lose it where he can share his feelings with there are a lot of men listen to the show. They can't share their feelings with their wives and girlfriends. Other women know more about their marriage than their own wives. Same thing with men. 
Women used to purge to me all the time at the bar, telling me all kind of shit going on in their marriages. Except that they never told their husband. And they get mad when I say, well, have you talked to your husband about it? Hell no. Well, folks, just wanted to share those thoughts with you. We'll talk more on tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.